Lynn Hiles Ministries presents Dr. Lynn Hiles That You Might Have Life. And here's your host, Dr. Lynn Hiles. Thank you so much for joining us again this week on the program. I, I, once again, I trust you, you're tuning in every week. We have been unraveling and unpacking some stuff that I believe is cutting edge, powerful stuff to help you to be able to make a real shift in your mind from Old Covenant to New Covenant. We've been talking about the book of Revelation for 20-some weeks. Uh, we are probably, I think this is the fifth program uh, that Jeremy and I have shot together just on the church at Philadelphia because this is some powerful, important stuff, and I'm not going to get in a hurry sharing it. I believe it's important to un unravel some of this. It's pieces that people need. Uh, we've been talking about the book of Revelation, and once again, uh, we, we set out by simply saying that the book of Revelation was written, first of all, to seven churches that were really in Asia. They were making a transition and a paradigm shift out of an old covenant into a new covenant. And they, uh, what the things he says to them to repent about, which means change your mind about, or metanoia, change the way you think about, are stuff that will help you move from an old covenant mentality to a new covenant mentality. Now, in the last several weeks, we've been church, dealing with the church at Philadelphia. We're going to deal with that one again, at least for one more segment. And this one may be another one. We'll see if we get done today. But he, let me just read it to you. It says, Under the angel of the church at Philadelphia write, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that has the key of David, he that opens and no man shuts, and shuts and no man opens. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door. And no man can shut it, for thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, hast not, not denied my name. Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews, and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them come and worship before thy feet, and to know that I have loved thee. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I will also keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world, to try them that dwell upon the earth. Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. Him that overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out. I will write upon him the name of my God, and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God, and I will write upon him my new name. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. Now he is writing once again and says to them, I've got the key of David. We begin to share with you that the key of David was literally the right to reign. It was the key in Zechariah 12 of grace and supplication. It is the key that <coughs> unlocks the kingdom of God. Now we know that, of course, the door that is opened, since we've taught this for several weeks, that the door that is opened was the door that was opened through the person and work of Jesus Christ that gave access to both Jew and Gentile. And one of the key things he's speaking of here is, I, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they're Jews and they're not, to come and worship before, their, but they do lie. Behold, I will make them uh, come to worship before thy feet to know that I've loved thee. And he's talking about here, there's some that already think they're Jews. You know, I think of where Jesus had met uh, in, in, in the early days uh, with many of the uh, scribes and Pharisees and the religious Jewish people of that day. And they said, we're, we're Abraham's seed. He said, if you were Abraham's seed, you would do the works of Abraham. But you are of your father, the devil. In other words, if the devil lives in you, you're a synagogue of Satan. I don't care who you say you are. It depends on who's living and inhabiting in your house. And the new covenant, the whole paradigm shift is, which temple are we talking about? 
and who's living in it. Mm. And so the, the, in the old covenant, we were dealing with physical buildings. In the new covenant, we're the temple of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. In the Old Covenant, the Jew was a natural-born descendant of Abraham. In the New Covenant, according to Galatians, he is not a Jew which is one outwardly, mm -hmm. whose circumcision is in the flesh, but he is a Jew which is one inwardly, which circumcision is of the heart. And then he goes on to say uh, uh, that, that he goes on to say in that same place that if ye be Christ's, in other words, if you belong mm -hmm. to Jesus, that's a term of possession. If you be Christ, he said, not to seeds as of many, but to one seed and to thy seed, which is Christ. Mm -hmm. See, he, uh, and he said, if you be Christ's, if you belong to Christ, if you belong to Christ, if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed. See, yep. if you don't know who you are, you certainly don't know what you have. Yep. You don't know what your inheritance is. But if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. And even in the whole story of Abraham, the Abrahamic story is one that the seed that came out of his loins that was the seed of promise came by supernatural birth, not by natural descent as is described in Galatians. So that which is born of the flesh was not the seed he was talking about, but that which was born of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. So if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed. So when he's saying, uh, I'm going to make them who say they're Jews and they're not, come and worship before your feet. And he even says to this same church, you know, I'm going to make them uh, uh, that, that say they're Jews and are not, uh, they're liars to come and worship before your feet. He goes on to say, you know, behold, I come quickly and uh, let no man take your crown. Don't lose your right to reign. But he says to them uh, that even those which pierced him will look upon him. I read that concerning the tabernacle of David earlier and they will weep more. Well, those that pierced him was the natural seed of Abraham. Now, I'm not saying that Jews can't be saved. What I'm simply saying is that their ethnic background is not what saves them. It is the blood of a spotless lamb and that and that alone is the door that is opened. Every other door that has been there is shut. And we dealt with that in a prior segment. Jesus said, uh, verily, verily, I send you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. And the context of John 10 is the some other way that they thought they could climb in through was through the performance of works and labor and all the performance. But he was saying, you know what? That's a thief. John 10, all that ever came before me are thieves and robbers. Verily I say to you, the thief cometh not but for to kill, steal, and to destroy. But I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. The thief of John 10 is not the devil. The thief of John 10 is when you think there's some other way into the sheepfold other than through the door. Paul calls that another gospel. But when he begins to open the door uh, in Acts chapter 15 to the Gentiles, because he's about to make up of, uh, uh, of, 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 of all nations a people for his namesake. He's about to take out, uh, uh, you know, he's about to, to redeem Jews and Gentiles. And these men that came down from Jerusalem, I mean, God was doing such a tremendous thing, Jeremy, with uh, uh, the Gentiles being saved that they had the, this big Jerusalem uh, consult, so to speak, or this Jerusalem uh, 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 powwow, and they, there certain came down from Judea that taught their brethren that unless you're circumcised, this is Acts 15 verse 1, and uh, unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. Therefore, when Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and dispute with them, they determined that Paul and Barnabas and others, certain others of them should go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and elders with this question. And they went up there, and because God was pouring out His Spirit upon the Gentiles, 
they begin to uh, say that, you know, uh, to disagree the words of the prophets. Yeah. In other words, this stuff was written clear back before it ever happened. Yeah that I'm going to return and build again the tabernacle of David, which is broken down, so that the residue of men can seek, so that both Jew and Gentile are included in the covenants of promise. And you were saying as we went off the air last week that, you know, uh, the tabernacle of Moses had everything covered over. No access was given. Mm -hmm. And the tabernacle of David, everybody's welcome. Whosoever will can come. Religion's still like that. Yeah. It's just for a few elect of us, just a couple of us going to make it. It's yeah. just our group, just our church, just our... Yeah. I'm telling you, it's much bigger than that. Yeah. And, but you know, the thing I was thinking, even while we were off camera getting ready to shoot the next segment, it's interesting to me that David's reign was 40 years. And this transition period from when Jesus stands up in Matthew 24 and says, this generation will not pass away to everything that I told you comes to pass, including the destruction of the temple of the mosaic, or this would be Herod's temple, the restored Herod's temple. But the mosaic system was wrapped up in that with its animal sacrifice, mm -hmm. with its, uh, you know, with its uh, divers washings. What we don't realize is this great transition period from that moment when Jesus gives that prophecy in 30 AD to 70 AD is exactly 40 years. It's the same length of time as the reign of David. So that when he comes in Acts chapter 15 and says, I'm going to restore again the tabernacle of David, this 40-year gap, this 40-year transition period was a tremendous picture of what David was pictured. See, but the greater son of David's now on the scene. Yep. And what he's doing is he's defeating every enemy. He's subduing every enemy so that he can hand to Solomon a kingdom where all of the enemies have been defeated and destroyed. And I'm telling you, by the end of 70 AD, all the enemies of God have been defeated. The devil has been, he has rendered inoperative. He has literally taken the weapon from the enemy, which would be the weapon of condemnation. But what's amazing to me, Jeremy, is that there's a, while, while you've got all this shouting and dancing and, and the Gentiles getting saved and Jews getting saved and the remnant, you know, a, a new nation's being birthed, literally a holy nation made up of both Jew and Gentile. A whole nation is being birthed. Uh, there is down on Mount Moriah another tabernacle, yeah. and they're still lighting candles, still baking bread, still going through the Levitical priesthood stuff, except there's no ark behind door number three, and nobody's got any access to the presence of God. Yeah. But up on Mount Zion, where the tabernacle of David is at, God has said, this is what this is a picture of. Gentiles are being saved. Jews are being saved. The Holy Ghost has been given. The glory is everywhere. Praise and worship. We're not offering animal sacrifice anymore. But see, both of these were in operation at the same time. Mm -hmm. And so tragically enough, we should have made this transition a long time ago to remove from the tabernacle on Mount Moriah to the tabernacle on Mount Zion. We should have moved, but see, this whole transition was they were leaving law and coming into grace. But as they were leaving law and coming into grace, what they did not realize is that this whole apostate people under the reign uh, or during this period of time that when he would restore the tabernacle of David, the book of Amos said that during that period of time when he restored the tabernacle of David, which is what's occurring in Acts mm -hmm. chapter 15, that he said, behold, the eyes, this is Amos chapter, uh, the book of Amos chapter 9, verse 8. Behold, the eyes of the Lord God are upon the sinful kingdom. He's talking about apostate Israel. And I will destroy it from off the face of the earth, saving that I will not utterly destroy the house of Jacob, saith the Lord. For lo, I will command, and I will sift the house of Israel among the nations, like as corn is sifted in a sieve. 
yet shall not the least of the grain fall upon the earth, and all the sinners of my people shall die by the sword, which say the evil shall not overtake nor prevent us. That was about to occur mm -hmm. in just a few years in 70 AD. This is speaking of the destruction coming to apostate Israel and the inclusion of the Gentiles whenever that would happen. And the very next verse says, in that day, will I raise up the tabernacle of David that has fallen and will close up the breaches thereof and I will raise up his ruins and I will rebuild it as in the days of old that, that they may possess the remnant of Eden, Edom and of all the heathen which are called by my name, saith the Lord, uh, that doeth this. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, when the plowman shall overtake the reaper and the treader of the grapes uh, that soweth the seed and the, and the mountain shall drop with sweet wine and all the hills shall melt. This is the outpouring of the Holy Ghost during this time upon these Gentiles that are coming and upon Jews, both all of them together collectively. And he said that's when the reaper is about to overtake the plowman. I mean, in other words, God was about to so fulfill this thing. He was about to destroy and we're getting set up for this pretty good. But he was about to in a few years because these people would not repent and receive their Messiah. This Jerusalem that Jesus prophesied about in Matthew 24 was about to come upon the hour of tribulation that was about to come upon all the world to try them. That's spoken of here in the church of Philadelphia was about to come and God was allow, about to allow uh, the power of the holy people to be broken and Titus would come and level the city and so dismantle this system that there's only going to be one tabernacle left. Yeah. And that would be, he would so destroy and dismantle the tabernacle uh, that where the animal sacrifice was at so that you couldn't go back to the blood of bulls and goats if you wanted to. Yeah. That you couldn't go back to circumcision if you wanted to. That you couldn't go back to the mosaic system if you wanted to. And that was what he was about to destroy and he was about to give birth as old Jerusalem faded off the scene, new Jerusalem was coming on the scene. Yep. And he was about to give birth to a new Jewish nation and a new Jerusalem and a new covenant. The heavens were about to pass away with a great noise, rolled together like a great scroll. That's important yep. wording. And a new heaven, a new earth was coming on the scene. A new creation was coming on the scene. A new Jew was coming on the scene. That was a result of being born of supernatural heritage and a brand new city was about to be birthed, that there would be a flow out of where all men could have access to the presence and the glory of God. That's the key of David. Yeah. That's the door that's opened. That's the door that opened that nobody could ever shut again. Mm -hmm. And the one that was shut that no man could ever reopen was that one to the old covenant. Mm -hmm. Jump in there. I hope I've made sense with that as I've laid it out. The, you know, the, even, no, I believe it's uh, Isaiah declares that of the increase of his kingdom. There you go. There shall be no end. What we believe, uh, you know, we are, there's sometimes a mindset because we are always, there's a mindset in Christianity of God is going to do, it's coming, it, things are going to happen, rather than, uh, and, and are really the, I believe God is wanting to change that mindset to it is happening, it is available, it is, we have access. We think of, have had for some 2,000 years. Yeah. You think about where, you know, we, because I'm the same way, you know, you read scripture where you see the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven. And you think about a sing, you know, a city, you know, the size of New York or something and that, boy, you know, but if it's a city just the size of New York, that's not going to be really that big to handle all of us. Yeah. And, and then you got to move to go there. I, I believe that God is showing us something so much bigger that the, the new Jerusalem, just like you were declaring, that's coming down, that's being available, is... It's that, not a place, but a people. A, it's a people. We, are, we make up 
that new Jerusalem. We make up that city of God. The reason why the increase of his kingdom, there shall be no end, is because we, the new Jerusalem, we, the people of God, begin to infiltrate every area of this world. What's going to change this world is not someday something happening, but what changes this world is when it dawns on us the truth of who we are, the, the identity that we have, that we really are the people of God, and that uh, it's, it's not, uh, you know, we're not going to one day see this uh, ark of the covenant, but that the ark, the, 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 the we carry the carry the presence of God. We the, carry the mercy seat. The mercy seat, the, the, the throne of God is ruling in our life. God has set up residence right here. He's ruling and reigning in the hearts of men right mm. now. So he's not having to come here to rule and reign. He's already ruling and reigning. And that what it begins to increase the kingdom, what begins to change the world is when we start letting that kingdom flow out of us, when we start letting God rule and reign through us. You know that the scripture says, out of your belly. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Well, Revelation declares that there is a river, clear as a crystal, flowing out of the throne of God. So if there's a river flowing out of my body, then that means out of my belly, then that must mean there's a throne that's set up in my my my, my innermost being. In your temple. That, in that, your in temple. my temple, yeah. where this river is flowing out of clear yeah. as a crystal. Out that brings belly. life. It brings life to everything it touches. It 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 it, it brings life to the desert places. I'm, that speaks to me that there, you know, we've been talking about this this Philadelphia means brotherly love. That means there's something inside of us that should move just like Jesus moved with the heart of compassion, with the heart of love, that everything that Jesus did, he did because he was loved. That means there's something that everything we should do should be from the heart of love. You know, we used to have those little uh, wristbands all the time people would wear, you know, WWJD, what would Jesus do? But most of the time we wouldn't have a clue what Jesus would do because mm -hmm. we would know what religion would do. Yeah. You know, uh, but what Jesus would do is be the answer yeah. to a hurting and dying world. In other words, Jesus would be the exporter of uh, when when there's a desert place. There's people that are literally living in a desert, dry place where there is no sustenance, no life. There's nothing. Become the answer that begins to import that that river of life to those areas that brings life to it, that begins to restore it, to begin to see it grow and thrive again. That we're not you know, again. The tabernacle of Moses was exclusive. The tabernacle of David is inclusive. It begins to bring all men. Our mentality in church has got to change from an from that kind of mentality that says uh, you, you you can't have access until you do this this and this. That's what uh, the Jews and uh, was having the dispute with Paul and Barnabas over is that you know you can't be saved unless you you know do X Y Z. Keep the law of Moses. Yeah, and do X Y and Z. You know, mm -hmm. and they, that's funny to me that they're like they were so convinced of their belief system that they sent Paul and Silas down. You know, it didn't say that they all went down to go discuss this. They said, Paul and Silas, you go and go get this matter straightened out. What they figured, we're going to send Paul and Silas down there and, you know, the the, the powers that be is going to straighten them out and tell them, you know, that this we, they were right. And so they didn't even bother going down. The, the, the council had to send up Silas and a couple others up with them to be the testimony of saying, yep, this is what the council decided, that it is not by works. It's not about circumcision. It is simply about receiving the power of the Holy Spirit. These Jew, these Gentiles are just as saved as us Jews that receive God. Yep. Rather, circumcised and they got or the not, same Holy Ghost. They got, got the same Holy Ghost, the same power. You know, I believe that you know we uh, we're seeing an influx into the presence of God. And then even into most churches that there's a lot of people coming in that are not don't look like what Christianity looks like. The problem has been as we've received those that you know. Uh, 
look like you don't look like Christianity, but then we've all tried to change to not look like Christianity. And I don't think that's you, God's not wanting us all just to like flip over to the other side. Yeah. You know, there is still God is still changing us. God's still transforming us. God's still wanting to work in our lives. Just because we came to Christ doesn't mean there's not a change that's right. still taking place. The circumcision of the heart is what it's not. An, in other words, God is not changing the outward appearance. God's changing the inward, and we need to allow the circumcision that, that Paul began to preach was a greater circumcision than the circumcision that, that Moses preached and that uh, Abraham preached. The circumcision that Paul began to preach was the circumcision of the heart. Those things that began, that the, the area of life that needed to change that brought us into a life that said, this is what holiness is. I'm not trying to obtain holiness. Holiness is obtaining me. Yeah. You know, we, it, it, there needs to, like I said, it's the power of the Holy Spirit. I've been really praying uh, even over the last couple of weeks. I've just been asking the Lord to fill me with this Holy Spirit again. Yeah. You know, I feel like I, you know, I know I received the Holy Ghost, but I believe there's still this desire in me that I'm not seeing the full power of the Holy Spirit manifest. Yeah. There's still areas of my life that I want to see God deal with and burn through and burn off of, you know, uh, things that, that, that want to try and come and keep me in bondage. I should be in bondage to nothing. Right. Or no man. So if there's bondages in my life, then that means there's a power of the Holy Spirit that still needs to rise up in my life. I've been asking God, refill me with the Holy Spirit, yeah. Lord. Show me that power. Show I don't want you know my my desire is I don't want somebody to come off the street and begin to manifest the power of God greater than I can manifest yeah. it. And, and not because I, I I believe that they you know they shouldn't have right to things, but what I mean is is that I don't want somebody else to come in and get access to something that I could have had access to all along, and I get jealous because they do. I'm asking. Lord, hey, if there's areas of my life that are missing, if there's areas of my life that my mind needs to change, don't let me get so caught up in my dogmas and doctrines and belief systems that I deny the power of God in my life. Lord, I've been, I'm just saying, Lord, come into it. Fill me with that Holy Spirit again. Uh, you know, if I need to speak in tongues again, let me speak in tongues again. If yeah. I need to, you know, if I need to put some new prophecy in my lips, if I need to start declaring things different, if there's belief systems that need to change, Lord, change my belief systems because the truth of the matter is I'm not hungry for any more doctrine. I'm not hungry for any more revelation. As much as I love grace, I'm almost sick of grace. I'm hungry for Jesus. Yeah. What I'm really desperate for is a move of God in my life yeah. where it's really Jesus and nothing else. That's it's not right. another buzzword. It's not another movement. It's not another craze and another hype. It's really the legitimate Jesus setting up his, his tabernacle in my life and being able to rule out of it. Yep. I don't want no other ruler in my life but Christ sitting on the throne of that mercy seat, ruling and reigning in life, and letting the power of that river of life throw, flow through me and out of my belly. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what he's talking about when he says, you know, let no man take your crown. Yep. And uh, these things say, he, saith he which is holy, he which is true, he that has the key of David. It is an absolute dependence on him. And it's like you said a while ago, you know, there are people, we've seen this. It's like, you, you, you know, and no matter how glorious the message is, you can get to the place where you're worshiping the message yep. and we still miss the man. The man who's producing this, the real yep. key is here. Absolutely. And it's like you, you said, you know, you and I have talked about this in private, how we get people who come. In other words, we've been dealing with people yeah. who have absolutely been transformed by the gospel, even through these cameras, whose lives have been absolutely 
transformed, delivered from, from uh, uh, witchcraft, delivered from alcohol, delivered from uh, addictions of cocaine, delivered from religion. But see, nevertheless, it's all deliverance. Yeah. But what happens is, is we got folk that are getting delivered from, from cocaine and from uh, all kinds of habits that are coming into the kingdom and wanting to be mentored. And then we got people who've been in religion their whole lives. And they think the, the message means, well, I'm, I'm free. I can go out here and get addicted to cocaine or alcohol or whatever. Yeah. And the trouble, all we did was we swung from uh, the, 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 the evil on the tree of the knowledge of good and evil yeah. to the good on the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And all we're doing is swinging back and forth in this same tree. Yeah. And we're seeing people come in off the street that are getting miracles. Uh, and, and they're not trying to, they're not looking, they're not looking for a message that gives them a license to sin. They're looking for something that can deliver them from the bondage that they've been in. Yeah. And I think that's where we all need to be, whether it's religious bondage or bondage to uh, whatever addiction we've got, yeah. is that Jesus is the power to deliver that. Yeah. That's the city that we've become. There is a river that runs through it. Yeah. The hunger should be for him and nothing else. Uh, you uh, know? Yeah. That, that the scripture says that if you hunger and thirst for him, you're going to be filled. It's that we've gotten, it's like we get delivered from this religious bondage and we get hungry for all the things of the world rather than become, saying, you know what, just as much as he's freed, uh, freed me from sin, he's freed me from this religion. So it's still him and yeah. become more hungry for him yeah. rather than hungry for all the other stuff that, that brings destruction and brings us into yeah. bondage. Like I said, Christ wants us to be in bondage to nothing. Uh, you know, like I said, sometimes even in the grace message, I've denied even the power of God that still wants to transform me. And God has been convicting me lately, yep. saying, God, I still want to change you. Yep. I still want to invade some areas of Good your stuff. life. I still want to bring you into a fullness of life. I still want to make you just like me. I want you to understand the image and the identity that you have. And I'm, I'm, it's changing me. Yep. To where I'm saying, you know what, God, have your way in me. Whatever it is, whatever needs to change, whatever it is you want to speak to me, whatever it is you want to do through me, I'm desperate for you and yes, nothing sir. else. I'm telling you that to me, I, I feel like the Lord speaking to somebody out there listening to us. The power of God is available to you no matter which side of this you're on to change and transform your life, not through the works of human effort, but simply saying, I need you, Jesus. I don't care who you are. If you're out there, that's whether you're on. Like you need a deliverance from deliverance, uh, deliverance from addiction, or you need deliverance from religion. Jesus is still the answer. He's still the door. Right where you're at, all you've got to do is say, Jesus, come into my heart. I need you, Lord. I need your delivering power. Save me. Uh, I don't mean uh, you know that may be your initial party into salvation, but He's still saving us. And all you got to do is breathe that prayer, Lord. I need you. Somebody's standing by. You could call a number on the screen and get prayer right now if you want to. Tune in again next week is, is our prayer. God bless you. For anyone struggling to understand John's writings in Revelation, this book provides true, biblically-based answers. Through detailed insights into the letters John wrote to the seven churches of his day, you will learn how to avoid the mistakes of the early church to overcome today's trials and tribulations. This book will provoke you to thought and dialogue, bringing greater clarity and revelation of Jesus Christ.